Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastors don't like to preach about it. People don't like to hear about it. Yet Jesus talked about it quite frequently, although he didn't ask for it even once. On the other hand, St. Paul talked about it infrequently, but he did ask for it more than once. What is it? Money. And Jesus talked about it a lot, although not in the way we sometimes hear it preached today. He, he, he never said, we need more, so you give more. He didn't even say, hey, we're behind on our budget. He wasn't out to get from those who had. Rather, he wanted to give something. He wanted to give people something to think about. Our attitude towards money because he knows, he knew how, how negative an impact money can have on us when we hold on to what God wants us to give away. But he never asked for money. St. Paul, on the other hand, did, and he did so without hesitation or embarrassment. Our epistle lesson is a good example of that. He's the head fundraiser for people in Jerusalem who are starving, because of a severe famine that had gripped that part of the world. So unlike Jesus, Paul does ask for money, but, but like Jesus, money is not his main concern. It never is in the Bible. Like Jesus, Paul's concern was for compassion. Compassion shown to those who are in need but also the compassion shown by those who were helping. He didn't say about these Christians from Macedonia, they gave their money to the Lord. He said they gave themselves to the Lord. That's because it's not about money. It's about people. Today I'm going to do something different with the message. I'm going to share two stories with you about people who did just that, who gave themselves to the Lord. The first is not a true story. I would call it more of a modern-day parable. The second is a true story, and I think of it as a modern-day miracle. First, the parable. It's called The Rich Family in Church. I'll never forget Easter 1946. I was 14 years old. My little sister Debbie was 12 and our older sister Darlene was 16. We lived at home with our mom and the four of us knew from experience what it was like to do without many things. Dad had died five years earlier, leaving mom with seven kids and no money. By 1946, our two older sisters had gotten married and our older brothers had left home. So that left just the four of us. About a month before Easter that year, the pastor of our church told us that he was going to receive a special offering on Easter to help a poor family. He asked each of us to save and to give sacrificially for that offering. 
When we got home, we talked about what we could do. We decided to buy a 50-pound sack of potatoes and live on that for a month. That would save us about $20 on our grocery bill. Then we decided that if we didn't have the lights on very much or we didn't listen to the radio, we could save on our electric bill. Darlene got as many house cleaning and yard cleaning jobs as possible, and she and I babysat for everybody we could. And if we bought, we could spend 15 cents on enough cotton loops to, to make three potholders, which we could sell for a dollar. We made $20 on potholders. That month was one of the best of our lives. Every day we counted our money to see how much we would have for the sacrificial offering. And at night we sat in the dark and talked about how much the poor family was going to enjoy the money that the church was going to give to them. Well, there were about 80 people in our church, so we figured that whatever amount of money we could give, there would be at least 20 times that in the offering. After all, the pastor had reminded us every week to save for the sacrificial offering. The day before Easter, Debbie and I walked to the grocery store and got the manager to give us three crisp $20 bills and one $10 bill for all the change that we had accumulated. We ran home as fast as we could to show Mom and Darlene we'd never seen that much money before. We were so excited we couldn't sleep that night. We didn't care that we didn't have new clothes for Easter. We had $70 for the sacrificial offering. At church the next day, when the sacrificial offering was taken, Mom put in the $10 bill and, and each of us kids put in a 20 As we walked home after church, we sang all the way. At lunch, Mom had a surprise. She had bought a dozen eggs. So we had boiled Easter eggs to go with our fried potatoes. Later that afternoon, the minister of the church drove up in his car. Mom met him at the door. They talked for a little bit. And then she came back with an envelope in her hand. We asked what it was. She didn't say anything. She just opened the envelope and out fell a bunch of cash. Three crisp $20 bills, one $10 bill, and 17 $1 bills. Mom put the money back in the envelope. None of us said anything. We just sat and, and stared at the floor. Up until that time, we had felt like millionaires. Now we thought we must be the poorest of the poor. We had never thought of ourselves that way before. Oh, I knew that, that we didn't have a lot of things that other people had, but, but I never thought we were poor. That day I found out we were. Well, the minister had given us the offering for the poor family. I looked at my clothes and my worn-out shoes, and I was so ashamed. I never wanted to go back to that church again. Everybody there probably already knew that we were poor. That week we went to school and, and we came home, but uh, we really just didn't talk very much. And finally on Saturday, Mom asked us what we wanted to do with the money. 
We didn't know. What, what do poor people do with money? We hadn't known we were poor before. We did know we didn't want to go to church the next day. But Mom said we had to. At church, we had a missionary speaker. And he talked about how churches in Africa made buildings out of sun-dried bricks that they made themselves. But they needed money to buy roofs for the church. He said $100 could put a roof on a church. The minister said, can't we all sacrifice to help these poor people? Suddenly, our family all looked at each other and, and smiled for the first time in a week. Mom reached into her purse, took out the envelope, and, and handed it to Darlene. Darlene gave it to me, I passed it to Debbie, and she put it in the plate. When the offering was counted, the minister said it amounted to a little over $100. The missionary was excited. He had never expected such a large offering from our small church. You must have some rich people in this church, he said. Then it struck us. We had given 87 of that little over $100. We were the rich family in the church. From that time on, I've never felt poor again. I've always remembered how rich I am because of Jesus. Now, two points about that parable. Number one, it's not a true story, and it's certainly not my story, so don't, uh, don't mistake that. But number two, it, it might have struck you as it did me when I first read it that, wow, that seems pretty unreasonable, some of the things that this family did, and yet I'm also realizing that God's people do some pretty unreasonable things. That's exactly what St. Paul was talking about. Let me... Uh, let me read that to you again. Speaking of those Christians in Macedonia, they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. The next story is in a video format, and I invite your attention to this modern-day miracle. There are many ways of serving the Lord. Some people do great things. Some people are good creatures. Some people contribute lots and lots of money. But when we talk about this handful of rice, it is very humble. The service is done in the corner of the kitchen that nobody sees. But God knows. God bless. Every day, Simple women in the state of Mizoram in Northeast India are spearheading a revolution that is sweeping the world of missions. Their movement, Bufai Tham, or a handful of rice. 
Bhufaitam is a practice where each Mizo family puts aside a handful of rice every time they cook a meal and later gather it and offer to the church. The church in turn sells the rice and generates income to support its work. Rice has been the staple food of the people of Mizoram, the main life of the people. You are giving what is basic, essential, fundamental to your life. You are sharing that with God. The handful of rice ministry started in Mizoram in 1910. That time, many people did not know the gospel. So the church thought that we need Bible women to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible women, they are locally supported women for evangelism. The practice of Bufaitam is meant for supporting those Bible women. This concept of Bufaitam became so popular throughout Mizoram over the years that giving was not limited to some individuals. The whole of Mizoram, rich or poor, young or old, Everybody contributed to it. It is something which my mother has taught all of us right from when we were very young. And I feel like Bufai Cham is a piece of Christian service that anyone can do it. Today, 95% of 900,000 Mizos are Christians. A strong and vibrant church has emerged. People started to give more and in creative ways. Rice, vegetables, firewood and other produce and also cash besides their regular tithes to the church. The churches in Mizoram are now self-sufficient. One such example is the Mizoram Presbyterian Church, the largest church in Mizoram with about 500,000 members. This year they are celebrating 100 years of the handful of rice ministry. In 1914, Damani received from the sale of handful of rice was rupees 80, uh, that is uh, one and a half US dollar. In the year 2009 and 2010, we raised money, uh, one and a half million US dollar from handful of rice offering. We don't receive any outside funding. All the money we have, we receive is raised within ourselves. 
at the close of this last physical year, we received altogether around 13 million US dollars. Out of that, 12% of our total income is from the handful of rice collection. Today, the Mizoram Church is known as a missionary church world over. This success is attributed to their selfless and creative giving. Mizoram State is the most backward state in India. And we are the poorest of the poor. But still, we can raise funds for the ministry of the Lord. We can support 1,800 mission workers. And in the meantime, we can also send overseas missionaries. There have been times when some churches have thought that we need to get blessings from God. And the attitude has, to, has been, what can we get when we become part of the church? But here, the handful of rice offering inspires us that God has called us to share what we have with God for God's ministry. We Mizou people say, as long as we have something to eat every day, we have something to give to God every day. If you had a little trouble understanding some of that, or if you'd just like to watch it again, all you have to do is, get, is Google what's in the uh, sermon outline, Handful of Rice, Miseram, India, and uh, you'll have your choice, actually, of uh, different videos uh, that you'd like to watch. A couple of things struck me with both stories, and also with the epistle reading. It was always those who had little who gave the most, who really are leading the way for the rest of us. Because they gave themselves to God. It's not about money. It's about people. About people who respond to the grace of God in Jesus Christ by, by giving ourselves to the one who gave himself to us. It's also about those people who still need to know the grace of God in Jesus Christ and how we can reach them. It's about giving ourselves to God. Amen. Amen.